Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We've been talking about the name of Jesus, and we started talking about our authority and the fact that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he was given authority. <clears throat> he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he immediately conferred that authority on the church. He gave that authority to the church and then he went to heaven. The authority of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth has to be operated or exercised by the church in the earth. The authority that God gave Adam over the earth was intended to be, was intended to be exercised by man on the earth. God told Adam, he said, I, I'm, I'm sending you out and I give you dominion over the earth. Well, it's clear that you have to be here on the earth to exercise that dominion. Once you go to heaven, you have to leave that to the next generation. Well, Jesus became a man and he took back the authority that God gave Adam. Now, we know that Jesus, as God, he had all authority. But we know that according to Philippians that he humbled himself, himself and he laid aside his power and glory. He never ceased to be God but he laid aside his prerogatives as God. He, he, he laid aside the resources that were available to him. He laid aside a certain degree of his glory. You remember in John chapter 17 where Jesus was praying for us, the church? Beautiful. If you've not read the 17th chapter of John in a while, you need to go back and read it again. He's praying for you. And he said, now, Lord, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the world began. That means that he had laid aside some of that glory. When he went back to heaven, he picked that glory back up. But while he was here, he was operating as a man. He was God, but he was operating as a man. You know, I've used this illustration before, but I want to reiterate. Some people only see one side of Bible truths. That's all they ever see. That's all they ever know. And if you began to present another side that they haven't heard. They think, well, that, 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 you know, that's not what I've heard. That, not, that must not be right. And I like to illustrate it like this. If you live in the South, you know uh, what, uh, uh, what's the mountain in, in Atlanta? Stone. Stone Mountain. You know Stone Mountain. If you've ever been to Stone Mountain as a visitor, you know that one side of it has all this carving, you know, these uh, Confederate, you know, figures that are, uh, that are carved into the, into the, side of the mountain, that's where 99% of all visitors go, is that side of the mountain. That's what they see. And if, and if you were to, uh, if someone was to sit at the foot of that mountain and said, now, write a description of Stone Mountain, then they would describe it one way. And they would describe it with this big, gigantic, you know, rock and this, all these carvings. But see, years ago, I went to Stone Mountain and I went a different way. I hiked up the other side of it. It doesn't look at all like the, like the tourist side. You, if, you, if you sat down and wrote a description of Stone Mountain from the side that I went up, 
And you compared the two, my writing and somebody else's writing that, that was looking at it from the tourist side, you'd say, well, that couldn't be the same mountain. But it is the same mountain. It's just two sides. Now, 99%, I'm guessing, some, maybe 95% of all visitors to Stone Mountain, the only thing they've ever seen is that famous side. Only a few people have ever gone up the other side. Well, see, what we do sometimes here is, is we show the other side of the mountain. Amen. And, and I'm going to tell you, there's beauty on the other side. Yeah. Amen. And there are things we need to know about the mountain. If we're, gonna, if we're going to benefit from the mountain, we have to know all the different sides of it. Amen. So just because you hear something maybe you haven't heard before, uh, if it's in the Bible, and I, I don't mean just an, an obscure passage, you know, that I pick out, you know, and, and, and I have a, a thought that kind of loosely hangs, you know, by a thread on one verse. I'm not talking about that. But if there's a, a bulk of scriptures that is in heart, they're all in harmony with one another and they're in harmony with these other things. And it's something you haven't seen. Well, embrace that. Thank God we're seeing more. Amen. Amen. So we know that Jesus was God, but he was also a man. And as a man, he faced the enemy and defeated him. And he took back the authority that God gave Adam. And Adam, by his transgression, by his sin, he surrendered that authority to Satan. That's why Satan is known as the God of this world. Well, big G God, the God we know, didn't make him God of this world. In, in essence, when God created man and gave him dominion over the earth, he made man God of this world, little g, not big g, not God. Made, he made man Lord of the earth, ruler of the earth. And so the New Testament refers to, to Satan as the God of this world. Jesus referred to him as the ruler of this world and, and the prince of this world. Well, how did he get to be that way? He got to be that way when, when Adam sinned and bowed his knee to the devil. Instead of obeying God, he obeyed the devil. He bowed his knee to the devil, in essence. Satan took that authority. And that's how he became the prince, the God, the ruler of this world. Jesus came and defeated him as a man. And he took that authority of Adam back. And that's the authority Jesus was talking about. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven. Well, that's, that's God's authority. And on earth, that's man's authority. Well, then he went to heaven, but before he went to heaven, he transferred the authority for the earth to us, to the church. And we have it. What happens here is up to us. It's not up to God. It's up to us. Now, we get God involved, obviously. But God can only do things on this earth to a degree. There's, there's some exceptions to this because we know, we, like I've pointed out, that God has some authority uh, beyond what he gave to Adam. There's some authority he has kept in his own power. But as far as the authority over the earth that he gave to Adam... God's not operating that authority for us. He's not doing, he can't do those things for us. We have to do it. We do it with the authority that Jesus got because he transferred it to us. Oh, hallelujah. 
And, and we saw then that that authority is in his name. Amen. Glory to God. I'm trying to decide where to, where to hook up here. Go with me to John, John 17. John 17. Praise the Lord. Notice in, this is, this is that high, peace, high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples, but it's prayed for us as well. Because he says, I'm not just praying for them, but those who will hear because of them. So this prayer he prayed, he prayed for us. And he said, uh, in verse number six, I just want to pick out some verses here. I want, to, I want you to see a, a, a thread here. Verse number six, he says, I have manifested your name, that is God's name, the Father, to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Notice he said that God gave him these men out of the world. And then if you go on down in verse number 11, he says, now I am no longer in the world. Of course, he was at that time, but he was looking towards the cross, which was going to be coming up in just a few hours. He said, now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. I'm not going to be in the world any longer, but they are. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world. Notice, I want you to just see this thread, in the world. He's talking about something that happens in the world. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that scriptures might be fulfilled. It's talking about Judas. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world. Why does he keep bringing that up? In the world. That they who are in the world may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. This is not necessarily shouting news, but let me just tell you. If you're going to live for God, the world will hate you. Well, that was exciting. But that's just the truth. Amen. You live for God and this world will hate you. Glory to God. Yeah, but they love Jesus. The sinners came to him. Yes, they did. They came to be healed and they came to be fed. And, 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 and when he was on the cross, they cursed him. Come on now. This world is, you can't trust this world. He said, uh, but now I come to you, verse 13, and these, now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilling themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. These are, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Now, here's the verse I wanted you to, to, to get to. As you sent me into the world, 
I also have sent them into the world. We've been given access to the ministry of Jesus. His ministry, his work, his calling has been transferred to the church, to us. Not just this congregation, but Christians everywhere. And we've been sent to finish his work. Now, not the work of salvation, not the sense of going to the cross and shedding blood. That's already been done. Nobody else could have done that. There's not, that's not going to happen again. I'm not talking about that. But as far as reaching people, as far as bringing this salvation that's already been purchased and already provided, bringing this to the, to the rest of the world, this is our job. And in that sense, we have Jesus' ministry. We have, we have his calling. We're to go out and reach people in his name. Amen. Now, that's the 17th chapter of John. Go over with me to the 20th chapter of John. Verse 21, Jesus said to them again, peace I, peace I give to you, or peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Can you see here that, that we've been sent in Jesus' place? Does that make sense to you? We've been sent in his place. We've been sent as his representatives. I think as First John says, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, everything that he is, so are we in this world. When he was in the world... When he was on the earth, he did all of his ministry himself. But he transferred that to the church when he went to heaven. And what he, as he is, so are we in this world. We're here and we're here on assignment. We're here to act in his stead. We're here to represent him. We're here to, to do his bidding, to, to respond to his commands to finish his work, to speak his word, to fully represent him. Now, now the apostle Paul, he, he said it a little differently. Over in 2 Corinthians, he said, we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, what does that mean? We're an ambassador for Christ. Well, I, I didn't know what it meant myself one time. And I looked up the word ambassador and I found out when you, when you it's, it's a diplomatic word, and, it, and it, refer, it has reference to uh, the diplomatic relationships between nations. And in the diplomatic corps, the ambassador is the highest ranking diplomatic officer of a country. There's nobody over, and as far as the dip, diplomatic corps, that represents our nation to another nation. Nobody is over the ambassador. It's, he, is the, he is the top leading figure. Representative. Each one of us have been made ambassadors. Amen. We're not in the lower core, diplomatic core. Every one of us individually have been made ambassadors, diplomatic agents of the highest order. Now, what, what, does, what does a diplomatic agent do? When our ambassador is in another country, what he says in that other country stands for America. He represents us. 
You want to know what our country stands for and what our policies are? If you, if you live in, in uh, the UK, if you live in France, or if you live in, in uh, some other nation, if you live in China, wherever you live, you want to know what our policies are? Ask the ambassador. He represents us. He represents this nation. Well, we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent him. We've been sent to finish his work. Not just do his work, but finish his work. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Not only that, go over to John. You're in, the, in John there. Go back to the eighth chapter. And this is something, if you're Wednesday, here Wednesday night, uh, John Hall talked about this. In the eighth chapter, in verse number 12, Jesus spoke to them and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I am the light of the world. And thank God he is still the light of the world. Amen. He is the way, the truth, the life. There will never be anybody else but him. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. He is our soon coming king. He is God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's coming back to this earth to rule and to reign. When he comes back, he is not going to be coming back to play. He's coming back in judgment. When he comes back, he's coming back in, first and foremost in judgment. And he will rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. And it will be absolute submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is not coming back to play around. So that's who we're talking about. He is the light of the world. But then he said in the ninth chapter, verse number five, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, what happens when he leaves? He said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Well, now we're the light. Because remember in the Beatitudes, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light. Well, I thought he was the light of the world. He just got, said it. He just got through saying he was the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Don't misunderstand me. He is, the, he is the source of the light. We are a reflection of that light. The light that we are in this world doesn't start in us. We're, it doesn't originate in us. The light that we are originates in him. He is the light of this world, but he's no longer in this world. And if this world is going to see light, they're going to see it through us. That's the sense in which we are the light of this world. That is the sense in which we have been sent to fulfill his work. As God sent him, he sent us. He is the light. Now we are his, you could say this, we are his light. We are his light in this world. That's a tremendous responsibility. That's a very, that's a very big, weighty responsibility. And I think it's, not to discourage anybody, but I think, I think you ought to stop and think about that once in a while. It's not just a place of privilege, it's a place of responsibility. Just think about yourself. Little old you with all of your hang-ups. 
Come on now. Anybody have some hang-ups? With all of your little quirks, with all of the mistakes you're prone to make. Now that, I know about half of you don't have any, but the rest of us know what I'm talking about. Your humanity, your frailty in a sense, all of your imperfections, whether you like it or not, when you believed on, you might not have realized what you were signing up to, but when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you became an ambassador for Christ. Are you kidding me? I don't even hardly know who Christ is. I just believed on him. And now I'm his representative. Yeah. And you've been sent out in the world just like God sent him out. That's a, boy, that's a big responsibility. How in the world can we fulfill that? What, if, if you didn't know what we knew, if you didn't know what we know, if all you had heard was what I said this morning, you'd think, no way, Jose. That can never happen. I mean, I, that is, that's impossible. How can I effectively be Jesus in this world? How in the world can I be the light of Christ and, and do the work of Christ and fulfill his calling and, and take a part in his ministry? There's a verse over in, in, in uh, 2 Timothy. I said it's either 1 or 2 Timothy. I think it's the 2 Timothy. But, uh, Paul makes a statement. He said, I thank Christ Jesus my Lord who has enabled me. That word enabled means, in, in the Greek, it means to furnish with strength and ability. I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord, he said, who has enabled me, furnished me with strength and, and ability, for he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And there's one translation, I don't remember which one it is, but, but, uh, but there's one translation that says, he counted me faithful, putting me into his ministry. I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. First of all, he counted you faithful before you were faithful. He counted you faithful. By faith, he counted you faithful. You didn't do anything to prove faithfulness. He counted you faithful. Putting you into his ministry. But before he did that, he furnished you with strength and ability. He said, well, I don't feel like I have any. It's there. You have been furnished, you have been supplied, you have been fitted with strength and ability to represent Jesus. Oh, glory to God. To represent him before three worlds. Amen. To stand in his presence at the throne of God because we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ. To, 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 to appear before him, to worship him. Oh, glory to God to join the, the angelic host in worshiping and praising God. And if you have a need, coming before the throne of grace, we also represent him in this world, but we also represent him in the underworld, in that world of darkness, the world where Satan lives. We're still his representative. Glory to God. Why? Because Satan is still loose in this world. His day's coming his day's coming. There's, Jesus is going to come down one day and, and uh, an angel is going to take the devil and put him in chains and lock him away. And he is not going to tempt anybody. He's not going to mess with anybody. I'm telling you, the devil's day is coming. 
He's headed for the bottomless pit. He's going to get out for a little while after that. But then he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. He lived there, exists there for eternity. So his day's coming. But right now, because the lease that God gave Adam over the earth, there was evidently a period of time that this authority was good for. And when that, when that time lease runs out, it hasn't yet, and when it runs out, then that's when Jesus comes back and, and, and the angel takes the devil and locks him away and everything changes after that. But right now, there's, there's, Satan is still operating under Adam's lease. So he still has the right to be here. But, he, but, but, we've, but we've been given authority over him. See, that's the difference. Yeah, the devil's here, but we are too. Yeah, the devil's here, but the church is here. Oh, oh, the devil's doing this. That. Yeah, but what's the church doing? I'm not so interested in what the devil's doing. I want to be about what the church is doing. That's why before he left, he gave us authority in his name. That's the strength and ability we've been furnished with. We've been furnished with his authority and given his name, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Mm. I talked about praying and saying. Let's go to John 16. John 16. Verse number 23. Let's start in, verse, in chapter 15, then we'll come over to 16. Look at chapter 15, verse number 16. He, Jesus said, you did not choose me. Now, now, before I say this, I want you to get a hold of something here. Everything we're reading beginning in chapter 13. Chapter 13 is, begins the night that Jesus was betrayed. Chapter 13, you see, uh, now verse, num verse number one says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his time, his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, Supper being ended, the devil. So this is the, is the, the uh, last supper and the washing of the disciples' feet. Okay, this was earlier in the evening. Now, he said some things about being betrayed and they were wondering, you know, what's he talking about? And so he said something to, uh, to Judas and Judas, Judas left Jesus didn't get into the things that, that follow in the latter part of 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. All of those verses from, the latter, from verse 31 in 13. Now when he had gone out, that is when Judas had, had gone out, then Jesus said, now is the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. Everything from 13, 31 down through chapter 17 were his last instructions for the church. They were all given, this is not taken out, this, this is not coming from a lot of different times that Jesus spoke. All that's recorded from 1331 through 17 happened the night he was betrayed. 
Okay, now, in chapter 15, he said in verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Notice he says that you ask the Father in my name and the Father will give it to you. Now you see the same thing in chapter 16, verse 23, and in that day you shall ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Up until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. When we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, Jesus has guaranteed us that the Father will respond. And the key is we're praying in his name. That's, that's the key. It's in his name is not just a tag on our prayers. It's not just the, a, a closing. It's not just, doesn't just proceed amen in the scheme of praying. It is the authorization for that prayer to be answered. It's going to be answered on the authorization of that name. He said, if you ask anything in my name, the Father will give it to you. That's a blank check. That's a blank check. You write anything in there. Now, you understand over in, in 1 John, you have to put all the scriptures together. In 1 John says, if we ask anything according to his will. So you're not going to say, oh, I can have anything. I'll ask the Father. I'm, I, I, I want a, I, I want a, a, a hundred acre estate in Beverly Hills. I want, I want a $25 million home. I want 19 cars. No. If you ask anything according to his will. Now, I don't know. It might be your, his will for you to have that. Probably not right away. <laughs> no, you find out what his will is from the word. And anything that you see in the word that belongs to you, you have a blank check. Fill it in. Be bold. Be bold. Fill in what you need. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He wants you to, he wants you to have everything you need. But see, it's not, it's, he will meet our needs. But it's, it's about more than just having our needs met. It's about fulfilling his call. It's about fulfilling his mission. It's about fulfilling his work, doing his work in this world. That's what it's really about. We have to be bold enough to fill it in for whatever we need to get the job done that we've been assigned to do. He's not opposed to us having nice things. He will give us nice things because frankly, it's hard to be about the Father's business when you're harassed on every side by every kind of want and need and necessity in life. He wants you to have these things provided. And if you ask for them, he'll give them to you. But your aim and your goal in life has to be bigger than just comfort for yourself. You can have that. It's not wrong to desire that as long as that's not your focus in life. Your focus is about fulfilling the calling that's on your life as his representative. On, on uh, 
Wednesday night, Brother John here was talking about a certain man that, and I'm not, I'm not casting aspersion on anyone, but he talked about a certain person that goes around, you know, the town. He doesn't have anything. He's poor. He's disheveled. Now, he's not the perfect representation of Jesus. Now, and this is not talking about the person. I'm just saying that if you're down and out and you don't have anything, you're not going to be an effective witness for Jesus. Come on. I mean, who wants your God? Neither do you have to have gold all over you either to effectively be God's witness. So, you know, either one can be a distraction. I want to be about my father's business. He gave me the authority to pray in his name and ask what Jesus said, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. You haven't asked anything up until now. He said, ask, go ahead, ask. He's essentially saying, it's okay, go ahead. You ever, you ever, you know, told your child to do something? They thought, well, I don't know. Do I have permission to do that? You, yeah, I'm telling you. Go ahead. Go ahead and ask. All right. That's prayer. Go back to the 14th chapter. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Verse 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, now that's, he just said, in that day you'll ask me nothing. Didn't we just read that? Chapter 16, verse 24. In that day you will ask me nothing. Verse 23 or 24. In that day you will ask me nothing. Here in chapter 14, he said, whatever you ask, I will do. Chapter 16, he said, you ask in my name, don't ask me. Ask in my name and the Father will do it. Here he said, you ask in my name and I'll do it. Is, is he confused? That doesn't sound like the same thing. I mean, Jesus, all of this was, this is why I told you about, you know, this all took place one night. It wasn't like this was, you know, three months later and he kind of slipped up, forgot what he said. All of this was said within uh, uh, maybe an hour or two, maybe a few minutes. He said something that's completely different. That's because Chapter 14, verse 12, 13, and 14 is not talking about prayer at all. It's not talking about prayer. It's talking about demanding your rights. Let's stand. Praise God. Out of time. Hallelujah. I said I'm going 35 minutes. I went 34 minutes and 58 seconds. Now it's 35010. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Whew. 
We have so much. There is so much available to us. So much available to us. Amen. But we have to act on it. We have to act on it. And when we act on it, we get results. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.